This is the Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. Welcome back to the Champion Forum Podcast. If you're new to the show, let me take a brief moment to introduce myself. My name is Jeff Hancher, and I am the host of this show, the Champion Forum Podcast. After 24 years of combined military and corporate experience, I left the corporate world, and I have founded Jeff Hancher Enterprises, where myself and my team are dedicated to helping others lead, inspire, and win. You can learn more about the mission by going to our website, which is the Champion Forum. For those of you that have been listening, once again, we thank you for being a part of this journey. I consider it a great privilege that you're making me part of your leadership journey to excellence. I hope that you are getting inspired to not only improve yourself, but also lead your teams. So I want to jump into today's episode. I'm switching things up a little bit on you all, and I've I've titled this episode, Hanches how-tos. And I plan to offer these episodes from time to time. And what I'm doing to create this content is literally pull my notes from my client coaching calls, consulting projects, mentoring discussions that I've had over recent history, usually the last couple of weeks, and highlight the leadership and personal development nuggets that I feel will provide you all with very quick yet hard-hitting impact. Uh, things that are going to help guide you to more effectiveness as a leader. And so this isn't really topical type episode. These are kind of quick hits. Get in, get out, take that little nugget, execute. Man, that that was a quick hit right where I needed it to be. So today, I'm going to be sharing eight specific points that I have pulled from my notes over the last two weeks. I literally went into my notepad, was reviewing notes from client meetings, Zoom calls, consulting meetings, and I highlighted eight things that I felt would bring the highest impact to other people listening. So with with that foundation being built and giving you an understanding of what Hanch's how-tos are going to look like, let's jump right in. Let's get started with point number one. Point number one, execution trumps strategy. I think this is absolutely huge. And as a matter of fact, I remember the exact conversation with the exact person that I was having this discussion about execution trumps strategy. You see, getting things implemented is always going to be more beneficial than a delayed approach. Urgency wins over perfection every day of the week. Don't allow perfection to kill your state of readiness. And by all means, there needs to be some level of strategy. You got to have some level of a plan. Again, this is not me giving you a license to be a renegade and, hey, Jeff said just move fast. Be smart, but urgent, quick. I believe that implementing a less than perfect plan is better than delaying a perfect plan. I, I 100% believe that, and this is coming from the mouth of a perfectionist, by the way. I am the epitome of a perfectionist. I've seen it drag me down. It's like barnacles on a ship. You perfectionists that are listening, you know what I'm talking about. But I can assure you that I've learned the hard way and through countless 
uh, meetings getting tough feedback from my leaders giving me this lesson. And when I began to execute it, I found it to be absolutely true. You can always fill the gaps on the fly, but you can never get time back. Sometimes you have to go with the scenario that the first mouse to the cheese eats. And in business, as fast-paced as it is, as fast-paced as your competition is, as, as fast as consumers change their minds and opinions and how they take in your goods, we've got to move fast. If you have an idea to execute, execute, go get market share, build efficiencies, whatever it might be, go as fast as possible. Plan, strategize, and move. Fill in the gaps on the fly. And I will tell you, this is especially true for small business leaders. You have an advantage of being nimble and making decisions quickly. You know, your big competitors, your big counterparts. I heard a leader say one time that there's advantages and disadvantages of being big and being small. You know, being big is like the Titanic and being small is like the speedboat. Yeah, the Titanic might be luxurious and have a lot of fringe benefits, but the speedboat's nimble. It can move. It can go fast. You know, if you're in a, a leader in a small business, use that to your advantage. Move quick, move on the fly, and make changes. But number one, execution, execution trumps strategy. Number two, you're always being watched. Leaders, I think this is so important to understand. As a leader, you need to see yourself as always being on the stage. You need to be consistently at your best. Boy, Jeff, that sounds exhausting. If you talk to any leader that has impact, one of their complaints is going to be at some point, they always feel like they have to be on. It does get tiring. There's no question about it, but it's very important. You need to be consistently at your best as a leader. Find those outlets to where you can come down and let off, absolutely, or you'll go out of your mind. But for the majority of the time, you've got to be on your game, especially in a business environment. You have impact and influence even when you don't think anyone notices or cares. This is especially true when you find yourself outside of the normal business setting. Here's some examples that you will be most vulnerable. Holiday events, awards dinners, recognition dinners, team meetings after hours, whatever that celebrations at the bowling alley, uh, happy hour and hors d'oeuvres with your team for a good month, whatever. This is outside of that normal business setting. This is often the time and the place when leaders let their guard down, and it can be a devastating impact. What you think is casual can have a career-changing impact on your team and your leadership reputation. Don't underestimate your power to influence others. People are watching how you interact and how you engage, both verbally and non-verbally. People are watching your every move. Like it or not, as a leader, the spotlight is on you. So again, number two, you're always being watched. Number three. Don't ever think that just because you said something magnificent that you were heard and it was acted on. Somebody bold that, underline it, increase the font. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. But some of you have made this mistake too many times. You think just because it rolled off the tongue well, and to you, it's very relatable, it's very understandable, 
you never you never close the loop. The, the, it's rarely the case that whenever somebody hears you that they're going to act on it to flawless execution to your expectations. Your people will always create their own interpretation of what you said or what you meant. You're only effective in communicating when they can correctly repeat your message back to you and ultimately, and most importantly, act on the message. Don't allow yourself as a leader to make the assumptions and have the feeling that anybody could understand this simple message that I'm delivering. I would tell you, assume that they don't. Assume even as simple as the message is that nobody understands it. Nobody gets it. Here's what you need to do as a leader. You have to validate the understanding by gaining clarity through open-ended questions. I have found this to be the greatest way to ensure and validate that what you're giving out is understood and can be executed on. Ask questions like, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, how will you go about executing? Whether it's in a team meeting or it's in an individual meeting, you have to close out with open-ended questions. Why? That brings dialogue. It gives them what they think you just said. Now you have the ability to help them pivot, redirect, or ensure further understanding. But without closing the loop and doing it this way, you are undoubtedly probably going to go into a place of uncertainty, and that's going to eat at you. And worst case scenario, they do the mission the wrong way. Number four, servant leadership is the most effective way to lead a professional team. You know, I had this conversation with a leader that uh, does not start with or introduce themselves as a servant leader. And I was explaining the benefits of that. And I, again, I remember this conversation literally like it was yesterday and who it was. And I realized that not all of you agree with my opinion on this, and I'm all right with that. However, I believe that the priority of every leader should be to serve your people, not the other way around. You will, you will be hard-pressed to talk me out of this. One of the major benefits is that it boosts morale. I know this to be certain. Employees feel valued, and when they know you're looking out for them, they're going to be inspired to serve you. I always say there's a big difference in having a team that is afraid to fail and a team that doesn't want to let you down. There's a difference. Servant leaders create a culture that their team doesn't want to let them down. If you're not leading that way, you will get compliance when you are present. But as soon as you're not present and the big stick that you swing is put away, you're not going to get much. But servant leadership, I have found it to when it's done at its best to truly touch the hearts and minds of people to get them to a place that not only do they need to do the job, but they don't want to let you down. This inspires people to work with enthusiasm and serve the customer well also. Another benefit is the emphasis on collaboration. I have found time and time again that servant leaders foster an environment of collaboration. Why is that so well done with great servant leaders? I'll tell you why. People are not afraid to bring ideas. As a matter of fact, they're willing to fail because you've created that culture. I don't know about you all listening 
as leaders. But I can tell you this, I would rather bad ideas coming than none. If you're not getting ideas from your team, it's a great indicator that they're intimidated by you, that you haven't created transparency and you're not leading with a servant's heart. Listening to your people instead of assuming you have all the answers can teach you a lot. Workers on the front lines, I guarantee you, they understand what they need way better than you do. I realize that this does not come naturally for everyone, but it can be executed by being intentional. So I'm going to challenge you. If that's not you, go seek it out. Seek expert counsel. Email me. I would love an opportunity to coach you into servant leadership. Jeff Hancher at thechampionforum.com. But I got to tell you, servant leadership, number four, is the most effective way to lead a professional team. Number five, set clear expectations. You know, I had a, uh, I had a conversation at a coffee shop uh, of a leader, a business owner, an entrepreneur that was making their first hire. Do you remember your first hire? It's like everything that could go wrong might have went wrong. And you get that first new hire and, oh my gosh, they don't do it like I did it. I'm, I'm hearing things in this coffee shop like, Jeff, can you believe that they did fill in the blank? And I'm like, did you ever tell them that they couldn't, that they shouldn't? Did you ever set expectations? And the answer was no. And to no shame on them. They didn't know better. They didn't know. They just assumed people are going to do it like I do it. Here's a newsflash leader. People are not going to do it like you do it. There's a reason that you do what you do and they don't. That's not, that doesn't make you better than them in any way, but it does change things. Accountability can only happen after you explain to your team how to behave. Creating a playbook, a presentation, or policies, what, however you want to document it, is the only effective way to help them when you're not present for them to ask for help. This also frees you up as the leader from needing to be present for every decision that has to be made. Leverage yourself as a leader by writing out what you expect. In order to hold your team accountable, people accountable, which is crucial in progress, you have to earn the right. You earn the right by creating boundaries, by creating guardrails. Think about the guardrails on a road. Like they let you know that you're about to go to a place that you don't want to go and it might be over a cliff. We create these guardrails to help people stay safe, to keep them in check. Setting expectations are those invisible boundaries that we create as leaders. That could be attendance policies. It could be how we dress. It, it Go down the list. But if set clear expectations aren't there, it's really tough to be upset as a leader, even if to you what has been done negatively is self-explanatory. It's not. Do your people know what is expected? That's a question for you, leader. And just as important, do they know what to expect from you? If you want more information and a free resource, email me, Jeff Hancher at thechampionforum.com. I have a free resource that I've created to help you set this foundation. This is, there's, it's never too late to set expectations, but it's critical in two areas. When you take over a new team and when you hire a new employee, this resource will help you properly set expectations with your team. Make sure when you email me, put in the subject line, uh, the word expectations uh, presentation, and I'll, I'll get it out to you right away, somebody from my team uh, or myself. Number six, 
Don't expect what you don't inspect. If you take the time as a leader to ask the tough questions about progress, you will get more execution and completion of tasks. It is, there's no doubt about this. You can't set an expectation and then just let it ride. There has to be some inspection. Where I see leaders falter here is that they don't have time. They, they, they're, they're multitasking. They have more to do than time to do it. If you're setting expectations and you're not inspecting the expectation, I assure you, you will end up creating a culture that it's not that important. Uh, the leader never really checks on it. They never really look. And then all of a sudden you find the default and you explode. I told you not to do it this way. Constant inspection. And I'm not saying inspect everything. That's micromanaging. But you should be spot checking some things to create the culture. Great leaders are curious. They ask lots of questions. The more you probe, the more you know if you are getting what you ask for. This type of leadership behavior in high repetition builds the culture of follow through for your business. So number six, don't expect what you don't inspect. Number seven, and my last, oh, I got one more, seven and eight. Number seven, a huge difference between good and great leaders are their ability to think strategically versus only following a process. High-impact leaders that I've observed, they have one foot in the future and they can anticipate how today's decisions will be realized way down the road. The leaders that live entirely in the present, there's no doubt they have a place and, and there's no question they can bring value. But they are not your future senior leaders. And if that's you, and your goal is to elevate your leadership influence, you will have to become a strategic leader. And I'll say this, because I don't want to get into its, its whole episode here. So without going into great detail, I would tell you there's some quick things that you can do and some things for you to research on how to become a leader that anticipates well. The first thing is be curious. Again, if you're going to be a great leader, you have to think strategically. You can't think in the here and now and how the current process is. Innovators and leaders that anticipate, they think about what's coming and they modify process. They modify policy to adapt to what is coming down the road. Number one, being curious allows you to anticipate what might happen, what could be. Uh, I often talk about Amazon being a competitive threat to everybody. What are you doing about it? How are you pivoting? Number two, ask really good questions. I referenced a little while ago that your front line has the answers. Ask questions. Ask questions in the mastermind group that you're a part of. Ask questions to your front line. Ask questions to your business or leadership coaches around you, senior executives, whatever it might be. Ask a lot of questions. This helps you anticipate what might be coming that I can't see with my own eyes. And number three, on being a leader that anticipates the future, stay in tune with current events. This is a, such an overlooked area that has helped me time and time again. And when I'm talking current events, I'm talking market conditions. I'm talking competitive threats. I'm talking consumer analysis. You know, we're here in this pandemic with uh, COVID-19. 
There were people predicting that this was going to happen. They were watching what was going on in China. They were watching this thing grow. I'm reading articles about you better dump stock now while it's high. And I'm like, there's no way this thing's going to reach a worldwide. No way. But there were some companies. If you go Google it, it's amazing how some companies got ahead of this, how they ramped up production, uh, preparing for this coming, how they you know, made big business moves when they needed to. They bought real estate because they knew you know, that it would change the real estate market, whatever it might be. They anticipated by staying in tune with current events. So know your competitive threats. Find out how consumers are thinking. Are, are consumer trends changing? How they buy, how they go to market, what's important to them, how the online game is changing, whatever it might be. Stay in tune with that. And number four on being a strategic leader that sees into the future, be a student of history. Past events are predictors of future outcomes. It's an absolute fact. I've been consuming so many documentaries lately and historical events in time. You know, I learned this from um, Warren Buffett, actually, who I, I read an article where he talked about how the, the, the history is a predictor of the future and how if you study history, it finds itself repeating itself. Maybe not exactly, but common trends. By the way, guess what? This isn't the first pandemic ever. And by the way, there have been some that have been much worse. Man, imagine learning from that fast and early to find out how did people react? What, what was that like? What businesses shut down? What businesses thrived during the last pandemic? And getting ahead of that curve, be a student of history. So number seven again, a huge difference between good and great leaders is their ability to think strategically versus only following a process. And number eight, and the last point, take the time to craft the values that are important to your organization and then hire and develop your team to share those values. Man, seems so elementary. But basically what I'm telling you is define what's important to you and hire people that line up to that. I recently did a, a social media post and I was being kind of sarcastic in my video, but I gave every leader listening the ultimate trick uh, to having nice people in your organization. And here it was, hire nice people. Seems elementary, seems really standard. Like you can't teach nice. You can't teach people how to be nice. You hire nice. In short, you hire culture and you train skill. Hiring is the biggest area of opportunity that I'm seeing in our current climate. By all means, I see the value in having diversity. I absolutely see the value in having different people on your team, but they must be aligned to your values. By establishing your core values first as a foundation, what you're doing is you're determining the future of your organization. This is who we are, and this is how we're going to be better at who we are. It's not always about what you do. And I will tell you this, when it comes to culture and vision, it's rarely about what you do. Because here's the reality. What you do may change, and it may change several times in the history of your company. But who you are should be the bedrock of how you build your company. These become the guiding principles for your company. Take note of that. And if you haven't worked on any of these eight principles, I will tell you, take number eight and get to work on it with your team. 
Number eight, again, take the time to craft the values that are important to your organization and then hire and develop your team to share those values. Listen, the leadership lessons that I have learned throughout the years, I can assure you have not come easy every time. But each one molded me into the leader that I am now. I want you to make sure that you take away this point as well as we close up today. Leadership is a journey. It's not a destination. We have got to invest every single day in showing incremental improvement in who we're becoming as a leader. It's not something that's quick. It's something that happens over time. And I can assure you, a great way to continue to invest in your personal leadership development would be to join one of our leadership groups here at Jeff Hancher Enterprises. These groups are strategically designed to get the most value of your time while adding high impact, meaningful deposits. I want you to go to our website, go to the championforum.com forward slash groups. Get registered now as we start our next group sessions in early August. With that, I want to thank you for joining today. Look, if I can ever answer any of your leadership questions, or if you'd like to schedule time on my calendar, please don't hesitate and email me at jeffhancher at thechampionforum.com. Until the next episode, always remember, you all have been set up to be champions in this life. The Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead. Inspire. Win. 